Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Endless Sales Podcast. I hope you're all well. Who's watching? I'm joined by two show regulars, Francis and Ross. How are you both doing? Champion, Good, mate. Stephen. Champion. 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 I mean, <laughs> it's been a fantastic week as a, as a Celtic supporter. Over here, the, the, the weather especially has been up and down. Snow, a bit of hail came in today. Some people say it was minus six out there. If you catch on to the joke, you're good. But look, <laughs> I, I think it's it's no better place for us to start back again where this, this match that we all loved and on Sunday, went to Ibrox in our home turf, 700 our travel and support, came away with a 2-1 victory. Absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? It was a perfect away performance for me. Uh, and it was Shades, uh, the one, you'll probably remember, the one where um, Johnny Hayes scored late on to make it 2-0. Mm-hmm. I f- thought, other than the first five minutes, it was very similar to that game and that we got our noses in front and when we got our noses in front, we asked Rangers to come and play and try and break us down. And we showed another side to Celtic eh, under Ange Postacoglu. We can play going forward, we all know that. But that eh, defensive performance in the second half was controlled, measured. Carter Vickers was similar to eh, um, what Julian was like in that game I'm talking about. Eh, you could say, although he was another side, you could probably say Greg Taylor had a similar performance to maybe like El Hamid that day. Um, mm. I thought I just thought the defence were so accomplished. Just everybody knew their jobs, and I mean the second half. Okay, Sakala. We'll probably touch on it in more detail. Sakala has that shot, and it's an unbelievable save for Hart. But other than that, I don't. I never felt for a minute that Celtic were under like severe pressure and hanging on I thought they were comfortable, every boy came into the box either Carter Vickers won it or Starfelt won it and we were immense and we actually could have uh, extended our lead on the break, uh, a couple of chances for Abada, probably should take the first one, the second one I don't think he can do much more than that it's just a great save for McGregor but again I'm probably going to touch on we're probably going to touch on all that stuff I just can't speak, excuse me can't speak highly enough of the performance and I'll say it again, it was a perfect away performance that I brought. Tremendous, tremendous stuff, Ross. And I just want to say evening to Jed, Alistair, Martin. Before Jed, we even keep came us on our golf because I've got it <laughs> <laughs> before, we, before we even came on our Michael McDonald and Alistair Jack were having a wee conversation <laughs> about Jada and the comments. We're going to come to Jada and Carter Figures and that permanent kind of transfer hold the debate soon in, in the podcast. But come to yourself, Francis that the match that it was just fantastic. We're, we're six points clear now. Many people before Christmas thought we wouldn't get to the stage. It was always that phrase if we're in touch and distance, if we're three points behind, if we have a couple of games left, then there's a chance. But we've took our chances when they've came. Rangers have stepped up on occasions in the new year. We've took advantage of it. We won our first game at Parkhead. We won the second game at Ibrox. And Anne Postacoglu, to me, all the products, I know the team, but the majority goes to that guy. Oh. Definitely, the, the job he's doing is just tremendous right now. And I think like, the game in uh, in February when we beat them at 3 0 Parkhead, like, I think for the psyche, that was massive for the Celtic team and the fans. Obviously, they'd won a big game in the, the League Cup final, so that was obviously big for them. But I think, like Ross has said, that that for a, a performance away from home was brilliant. So it's just got to add more confidence in the team and the fans just believing in it and know that. We're getting, we're going somewhere. I mean, obviously the table and things like that tell you that. But yeah, it was, it was such a good performance. I felt on 
it, it looked like Rangers got off to a great start. Like they came out, came out the traps. Probably thought they would played played kind of what uh, what we do and just try to start at hundred mile an hour. And but they just <clears> the <throat> the struggle to sustain it. I felt maybe the minds it for sort of maybe fifteen minutes. It maybe maybe spooked us a wee bit, but I know we scored. Uh, obviously around six, seven minutes, but I think kind of after that, like all Rangers still presses about it. Just I think that goal, just McGregor and Roggs from that moment, just absolutely killed the game for Rangers. It just I think that goal, how quick wasn't an easy goal, but I think in the manner of the goal, how McGregor just took the ball and just ran. It was just it was just taking the ball on the run, and nobody was getting it off him. And I think they, that Rangers soon realised like they're actually serious. It's they. They're a proper team, and like Ross, I'm sure Ross mentioned that when uh, Rangers scored, was like, "Look, we just need to stay calm. We need to stay calm. There's plenty of time left." And I think they've seen that for the team. They they believe in the way they need to play. Yeah, Rangers pressed us in the second half. I mean, they got plenty of crosses in, and like Ross yep. said, the Sakala chance. Mm-hmm. That's of note. That's only saved Joe Hart had to do. And at the time. It, when you're watching it, I felt we were under the cost, but then, like you do in these games, when you win, you tend to watch them quite a few times, and obviously when you're watching them after that, the emotion's kind of taken out of it, in that sense, and <coughs> yeah, when you when you look at the game, uh, when the emotion's taken away from it, the crossballs, like, not to try to take it away from your defence, but they made them look fairly routine, it was, they never really looked like they were struggling, they were never... There was a couple of sort of last ditch sort of clearances that were like maybe an outstretched leg and things like that. But I, when you, you actually, like I say, watch it, we taking the emotion out, it's, it didn't look like we've got to concede. Like I, yeah. watching that, I was like, oh, it's only a matter of time before Rangers score, just when you're in that moment and stuff. But yeah, it was a really, really good, good performance. And like you'll hear some fans and stats saying, they they were all over as we only had thirty nine percent possession, but look what we done with thirty nine percent possession. We were the ones that created the more chances. We like uh, McGregor had the bigger saves to make, so they can folk. You can say things about stats, but when you look deeper into them, it's there's a lot more to, more to see. But yeah, there's not much more that I can say. But Ross Ross summed up perfectly. It was a great away performance and just yeah. gets us marching on and puts us in a really really good position now. Hundred percent, it does. And say as say as well. Sorry, Ross, but say, say as well. What 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 I'm thinking? You make a great point. Like the way we defended them crosses. Obviously, at the time when you're watching the game, you're you're kind of shitting yourself almost because mm-hmm. you're thinking we're on the back foot, they're under yeah. pressure, and it's like oh, one mistake can can get them back into the game. And that Tom Rogers goal. Do you remember that goal he scored? I think it was the equalizer one of the derbies and Rogers or he was a guest to the fans. And just whipped into the top corner. That's oh, what he done. Was that not the was that not the three two game? Uh, yes, that was that game. game. Was it yeah. three-two game? I yeah, <clears throat> and it, it was kind of reminiscent of him getting on the score sheet and McGregor kind of dragging the team in that sense yeah. in, in the previous derby there. But I do want to focus on something, Ross, that kind of not been over overshadowed, but the defensive performance. I want to kind of drill in on this. And Alistair Jack makes a great point. Taylor, the last two derbies has been ex- outstanding, and also like Francis Ross and Stephen on the piss, the party has been amazing. I mean, <laughs> can't really say much more <laughs> yeah. than that, but. Probably yourself, Ross, you did allude to the fact that the defensive side of things is something that has been criticised and we're kind of weak and kind of susceptible to set pieces, which sometimes we are, let's be honest. But in that game in particular, as, as Francis said there as well, the cross balls were coming in thicker. Starfield, even though Starfield started shaky, he was, they were getting rid of it. Greg Taylor was an absolute machine. Juranovic 
shaky start, probably at fault for the first goal when Ramsey got in for Rangers. But the, the back four, apart from that tiny error in the first five minutes, were absolutely fantastic, weren't they? Uh, they were. And like you've touched on there about the, the Rogic goal, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think the, that moment when McGregor just was a total captain, took the ball and ran with it, and then Rogic gets the goal, and Hatate and Jota are all over him jumping, and Rogic just goes like that, just does that calm. And I'm like, that that, that was my, other than the goals, was my favourite moment of the game, and it set yep. the tone for the whole team after that defence included, because Rogic and McGregor, probably other guys recognised that Celtic were struggling that first five minutes. That Some of them couldn't even make a pass, and I'm talking about Jota here as well. They gave the ball away in crazy areas, Juranovic. We could all see it. The panic was setting in, and Rangers had started brilliant. But that moment, mm. Rogic just went, look, OK, we've got ourselves back in the game here, but we've not done nothing yet. We need to sort mm. ourselves out because what we're doing now is is not what we're all about. And the, the minute that goal went in, everybody just went, right, he'd back into it again. And the defence for that moment on were in total in, in sync almost the whole game. Eh, obviously, Rangers, they had a chance with Ramsey, but it was offside. Again, it was a good save for Hart. But you could say, like, fine margins. If he gets away with that, then, but then Hart does his job. But that, again, I go back to that second half. The, the defence was colossal. Carter Vickers was absolutely unbelievable. And yeah. like we've said it a million times before, but we need to we need to sign that guy. Greg Taylor, eh, obviously went off injured, but he was outstanding again. And he's, he's starting to now do it in big, big games for Celtic. Mm-hmm. And... I'm, I'm not saying I was right about Greg Taylor. I was right I'm only joking. Because I get what, why people like don't like him. He's, he's not the most gifted player. But defensively, when he's asked to do a job for Celtic, he does it. And that tackle, I, I can't mind who it was on. It was, was like a solid the Rangers player had just... Eh? I think it was like a solid 50-50. Just, uh, but it was, it was the Rangers player had just got into the box and he had to time it perfect. And he times it inch perfect, comes away with the ball, makes a pass. I just can't speak highly enough of the guy. And I liked Greg Taylor when he was under Neil Lennon. I thought he, he, he brought a lot to a, a shit team uh, last season. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this season under Andrew Hank, like almost every other player, he's grown. He's grown into his role. He's understanding the role that he, he's been asked to play now, uh, as everybody has. And I the whole back line, and then when Ralston comes on, uh, Juranovic moves over because Taylor Taylor's injured. Uh, Ralston comes on, he does a job. He absolutely halves. I think it's right again. That like, I know that's no football, but no matter what you say, you want to see that. You want to see ah. that in a, a Celtic and Rangers derby, just coming into the game. Leaving, putting your mark on the guy and saying, "I'm here now. Uh, this is this is the but, guy who's on." But unit. like um, Kenny Miller. Got it. I, I was mm-hmm. going to say Yakimakis. Ah, so, so yeah. Aye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. aye, aye, similar to that. But I mean, if I, I just the the full defence worked in tandem that whole second half, and they they barely gave Rangers a sniff. And okay, you can say Morelos wasn't playing, 
and it does take away for Rangers. Morelos not playing. But Celtic have been without Kyogo for mm-hmm. long periods of this season. And we've had a guy that's come in and stepped up to the plate mm-hmm. and it's not taken away for the team. And that's the difference between the two yeah. of them for me right now. 100% agree with you there. I think, I think there's some great points. I mean, Taylor in the comments again here is kind of dividing opinion. Brown Morier comes in. Horses for courses with Taylor. If you need a left back, he's solid. If you want a left <coughs> wing back overlapping for 90 minutes, then Scales or Juranovic there is better. But um, that's not what our, sorry, that's not what our uh, fullbacks are being asked to do. All the time they're, they're, inside, they're inside. They still overlap, but a lot of the time he's coming inside and he's, he's playing that killer pass at times. And by the way, I don't disagree. There, there is probably, well, there will be better than Greg Taylor out there. But at the moment, that's who we have, and he's doing a, a great job for Celtic. And he's mm. he's not a liability. He, he doesn't take away from the team at all for me. Yeah, 100%. And Geo Patrick comes in, kind of backing you up there. Ross saying Taylor stepped in, stole the ball on the edge of the box, pivotal role in our win in that game. I totally agree. And come to yourself, Francis. I mean, again, people do criticise our defence. Someone made the point in the comments. It's, it's way up the list. Sorry, sorry, I missed it. Can't bring it up. But saying our defence is still the best record in the league and it still gets criticised. But sometimes I think that's kind of. We're playing so well and you're trying to pick wee pockets in certain areas of the game or certain times going, this could be better, that could be better, blah, blah, blah. But just from minute one to the last minute, especially that second half, under the cost, cross balls coming in, Cameron Carter-Victor's heading it out, Starfelt, Juranovic, Ralston even when he came on, to a man, they were just sensational. Uh, yes, I, I, it's madness that, like, not necessarily us, but uh, how you still here and from some sources that your defence isn't great and stuff, but it's, <clears throat> there are, it's almost, like you say, Stephen, try to pick faults in it because we're playing well. Like, there's been comments recently that Man City are looking at Hans Postacoglu. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a case of just admiring him. I don't think they'll actually go for him. I, like I mean, that's what I was going to say. There's, there's actually no direct quotes coming from anybody within Man City. And is it a sh- yeah. great, would it be a great shot that they're admiring him? He comes for the City group. It's, mm-hmm. it's hardly breaking news, but there's all these wee stupid stories like that and how other teams are looking at Carter Vickers. I mean, it's no great surprise that Celtic are playing well now and these kind of stories are coming out. But yeah, it, to touch on the defence, it was Juranovic for the first five, ten minutes, it was, it was absolutely all over the place. Just just looked like he'd never played football before and stuff. But after that, they were just, like, like you have said, the defence was absolutely solid. Taylor, again, of I've not been his biggest fan, but when you the last two two big games essentially, he's he's absolutely stepped up massively. <clears throat> and I said after the the Parkhead game, I thought that was Greg Taylor's best best game in a Celtic jersey. I had a man of the match on Sunday until he went off yeah. injured, and I think simply because he never played the full ninety minutes, I never gave him man of the match. I think if he was on for the night, he would have been my, my man of the match. He's he's still got his critics, and he's the guy's just. The guy can only do it. He can keep keep doing what he's doing, and we'll be in a good place if he, he keeps doing what he's doing. He's he's certainly taken on board what Angers want him to do. The guy's trying his best in that, and there's he, he really can't do any much more right now. I don't think to if you're not going to like the guy now, there's you're never going to like the guy. As I Stephen, we've we've always said we've not tried to pretend to be big Greg Taylor fans, but yeah, we're honest enough to go that the guys the guys doing brilliant now. But exactly. I, think, I think the problem with some folk is they go in expecting Taylor. Like they go in with a bad impression of Taylor and one bad They want him to be Tierney. 
Uh, and it's it's what if you go, I, I'm of the mindset as well, Ross. If you go into a game thinking a guy's got to be bad, the first bad pass he does, first bad thing he does, you're on him for day one. And then, mm-hmm. but maybe flip that and put Juranovic. He would like, he does a bad thing, nobody's really on his case. Aye. But you expect Aye, exactly. it because you're, you're of the mindset of Taylor getting like maybe not being up to standard, then the first mistake he does. Might be it could be somebody else's fault. Somebody's showed short and he's played the pass and they've went in behind. It's maybe just no notice that, but then that's it. You're on his case for their own. But I just I, the, guy not, carried, the guy carried the guy carried in anywhere for me. But I just had, and then to talk on the two centre halves, I just they were absolutely colossal. Just ate everything up uh, at the weekend. Just, <laughs> they were was, hungry. Oh, they were brilliant. <laughs> and it was it was Starfield's type of game. I've always felt. He likes proper old school defending, where he's not really doesn't he hank about it, be on the box, just clear his area, and he's just he's absolutely brilliant at it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think Kevin makes a great point here. Taylor is an example of a player who has bought into Anz, and Aye. I think Anz Bosnikov has greatly improved him. And just a quick note here: Does anyone have a a vehicle reversing near them? Because all I hear is no. beep beep. What That's what I think here as well. <laughs> what it is is uh, the baby monitor. Do you want me to go and switch it off? Because also lens upstairs. I forgot it was switched on. Aye, well, as, lo- as long as somebody's watching the <laughs> <laughs> But I thought they were so like you get that vehicle reversing. Beep, beep. Aye, I, I was wondering myself, but I was like, I'm not going to say nothing. Nah. Oh, I thought it was funny. But here, I'll I just think be the well, consummate like... professional and go on with it. <laughs> to the ladder. To the ladder. <laughs> to the ladder. I think, <laughs> I think as well, like, Ross, you look at this team and Martin comes in there with a fantastic point. The belief as is installed in the team is absolutely sensational. I mean, Back to front, and we'll touch on the attacking now because I feel funny when he gets back from turning off his baby monitor. But you, you look at the likes of Rosics and McGregor, right? We'll touch on them two first. McGregor, for me, if that's a captain, our leader, he basically took that game by the scruff of the neck, dragged us into it. Rosics obviously finished the chance, but he was immense, wasn't he? Aye, he's immense. Cal McGregor's immense every single game for Celtic. And, even when we were bad last season, maybe it was immense, but he was still he was still doing his job to the best of his ability. But right now, this season, he's he's just grown into that. We've said it a million times before. He's grown into that captain's role, and he's he's it's been seamless for Scott Brown left. Okay, he brings different like mm-hmm. qualities and attributes to it. He's a better, he's a far better footballer than Scott Brown ever was. Don't know if he can. Yeah. I was going to say, well, I was going to say, I don't know if he can drag teams, but he did. I mean, he, he proved that he did. He did it on Sunday. He's he's took the ball and he's went. We're struggling here. I'm going to take us for a run, and a run he took it for, and the, and he gets into he gets into the box, and it's sheer determination that gets him to get that ball across, because he he was struggling to get there, and he was being harried and whatever, and he still gets a pass across to get into a, a dangerous area. And he just he, he talks in the park all the time, and I, I think I've said it before as well. Like I think if McGregor had took over this captain's role, he would have done it really well. But I think that the very fact that he's got Ange Postecoglou has got his back, and he's got Joe Hart on the other side, I think it's probably helped him immensely, uh, and it's it's made the 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 transition. Even more easy for, or more easy yep. for McGregor, and even more seamless than we could ever imagine it would have been. 
Yeah, 100%. I think Brian Warrior makes a great point here. McGregor's key downs, boy, the ball is a deep line midfielder. He sets yeah. the tempo. He definitely 100%. does, Franny. And there was 100%. a point when he was making that making that run. Stop stealing my catchphrase. There was a point when he was making that run. <laughs> and it, it looked like he was going to lose it. Calvin Bassey, I think, was coming into him. He just kind of shielded his body. He composed himself again. He put it into the box. And he did bring us back into the match. And then after the fought, just when he took the ball in, he was calm and composed, playing the nice... Simple passes, keeping the, the ball moving. Women had the ball, obviously, because they had more possession. But for a leader this season, one trophy under his belt, possibly the second one going to be a league, and potentially a treble. I think that's just fantastic. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm saying when potentially. You, when, when, when you say it like that, Stephen, considering where we were only eight, nine months ago, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Just You can only congratulate everybody, and Callum McGregor is, is key to that. I think... Well, like, I think I've been ignorant to McGregor in this, the sense that I can't expect these sort of performance from him and probably didn't appreciate him enough. But, like, I'm not trying to say I'm not, like, I'm a massive Callum McGregor fan. I know he's a great player, but I think I think I take a lot of performances like Sunday for granted because I just know the level of player he is. Yeah. And I think, it, I'm not saying he goes, he certainly doesn't go unnoticed, but <coughs> I, don't, I think he gets the credit for certain quarters Possibly myself included that he deserved just simple, just expected type of things and something don't credit him as much as I probably should. But I just think guys like Cam and Joe Hart have just been absolutely brilliant this season. Like Cam McGregor's interviews as well, he's really good, he like understands the game and he talks like Ange, it's principles, this and like you just need to go back to last season. He actually came out and was like, I didn't, I didn't understand the game plan, I didn't know what we might be doing and where we might be. And you're like, it's kind of worrying when one of your key players are coming out and saying that. It was just it pretty much summed up last last season's campaign. We're all sitting there as fans going, we don't know what's happening. And the players start admitting that you're like, absolutely a matter of time. But it's just, it is like his interviews are now are kind of like buzzwords, but they're exactly how Ange is talking. So it's, if, your cat, so you, if your captain's not buying into the manager, it's, he's got to struggle. And it's just, it's just another sign that everybody's buying into how Ange wants to play in the role. They're all on side women and stuff, so I get like I probably should talk more to Carl McGregor, but it's I just you can't it, the guy's just absolutely amazing and how I don't know if anybody has not that I'm trying to get rid of him, but you never seem to hear any teams coming looking for oh, him. Frally, please don't say that. I know that's probably <laughs> just Brendan <laughs> Rogers have just come back in the summer. But see, see, to be fair, like, but that's the type of comic girl. I don't think he's a player who looks for praise or needs it. He turns up week in, week out, does his job, does the talking on the pitch and the huddle with with the with the the players. And when he's wearing that mask, he's took another level. So mm-hmm. it's it's insane. But another thing I want to touch upon, but can I put before I put this game to bed, Ross? And that's the two different systems we've seen in in the game at Ibrox against Rangers. And someone made the point in the comments again. I apologize, I can't scroll up and get it again, but. Plan B, when people say there's no plan B, I think we've seen it. When we sat back, we told them to come at us, we hit them on the counter. We were defensively solid, while also we produced the attack of football in the first half of our pressing. Mieta didn't stop, Jada didn't stop. But when we tailed off that, we still had another kind of two backs of four, the two up top, kind of breaking the pace, trying to get forward. There was always a threat. What, what did you think when you seen that? I, I just, as I said earlier on in the pod, it just showed another side uh, to this team. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think they, they changed the system too much 
Shop. Yes, Alistair, get him down. Get him down. It's not like I'm for a podcast, Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't even think that they they changed like the system too much. They tweaked a couple of things, but I think they, they, they more just went, we're going to let them have some of the ball here. Okay, we've got our noses in front and we'll, we'll, we'll hit them on the break uh, and, and pick, pick our moments and take our opportunities. Okay, I get that we we didn't take the couple of opportunities that we made, but um, I think again it was Celtic were in a position where we were in the lead in that game, mm-hmm. and they've looked at it at half time. I mean, this is only my opinion, only what I'm thinking. I'm not saying this is what's went on in the dressing room. <laughs> I'm private, but uh, <clears throat> for me, I think they've looked at it and went right. Okay, we we've got our noses in front here, we're, and in that first half, I thought we grew into the game, and we were. The, the better team after we got the equaliser um, but I think that in the second half they've, they've just said well let Rangers have the ball we, we've we've got our noses in front at the moment we could go six points clear but it is Ibrox keep it tight for a wee while and if they do score right Ange never plays to draw we know that but if they do score oh, it's not the end of the world we've still got a three point gap and we we still believe we can score a goal. So mm-hmm. ask them the question to come to us and keep it tight. Don't open them up because we could get caught out if we open them up. And I think they played a perfect second half, a, a second half that was perfect for the way the league table was sitting at that moment. A, mm-hmm. I, I dare say if Celtic two one up and it was levelling points, Celtic would have came out and played the exact same way. Oh, why? Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they they didn't have to. They didn't have to force the issue. Rangers needed to force the issue. So just keep it tight. And I, I it was it was perfect. And every one of them basically done the instructions to the letter. To the letter. That's your, I can be your new catchphrase, Ross. Conjecture to to the letter. But here, Franny, what what's noticeable as well? Effectively, if you look at it, we've won the game in the first half in both ties, right? Even though it was 2-1. Made them chase the second half and puffed their lungs out. Still didn't get no result. So if you if you do look at it that way, there, there is a slight change at the second half, whether it's fitness issues or they're still getting new stands as play because we, we've heard all the stuff the next year is always going to be the greatest, blah, blah, blah. And Alistair comes in saying subs are great timing, boys. I think this all right. round, in terms of a system, it just worked to the letter, didn't it? <laughs> Definitely, definitely, Stephen. Like no. you say, it's... <laughs> like, we obviously won, like you say, we won both games in the first half, technically, because there was no goals in the second half of both games, but I mean, for Rangers' point of view as well, like, the Parkhead game, we blew them out of the water, absolutely blew them out of the water, and then the the game last, at the weekend there, although Rangers fans will say they were the better team, I think neutrals might say a wee bit different, but even if they weren't, we were poor. If you're a Rangers fan and you're sitting going, we, they were poor at Ibrox and still walked away with 2-1-1. So it's, it yeah. doesn't matter whatever way you want to spin the narrative, because still, if we were the better team, then it's a bit, we were the better team over the two games. Or if we weren't a great team on Sunday, we still came away with a 2-1 victory at a key moment of the season and stuff. So for Rangers' point of view, it's it's, it's not great whatever way you want to look at it. But for Celtic, we were, we were just... it was. Like we said, it was a perfect performance. Like I said, the subs 
<laughs> uh, the subs were the subs were, were key. It's like Maeda and Yakimakis and actually Yota never stopped running, but you could see it's not necessarily Yota's game to just do the pressing all the time. It's more like Maeda. I've never known somebody like it's not. It's not just aimless running. Like the guy is brilliant at the press. It's just absolutely amazing. Jack and Marcus must have touched the ball about fifteen times, but it was probably about ten out of ten. It was just mentally just it worked so well for the team on Sunday. And then when the subs came on, Beaton just calmed it again in the middle part. Obviously, O'Reilly was wasn't it wasn't great. He got got a knock, so hopefully it's not too bad. But then Abada came on, just kept that pace up front as well. When Jotto maybe wasn't just really not saying wasn't working, but it was maybe tan and like Bassi, I felt controlled Jota quite well on, on Sunday. But yeah, it freed up, it kind of freed up space up in the left and stuff. So, and then when Abada came on, it just gave a different option. <clears> and like I said, it kept, kept the pace up front, let us play on the counter and stuff. So, I asked us bang on the subs, subs were yeah. keen. They have been the key, keen recent games, and it's just because we've got that depth now where. The standards not really dropping when you bring on the subs. It's that's kind of easy to do. Yeah, I agree. And see as well, just down to um, Kevin's point, is Mera undroppable? I really I, think he is. I, I just I, think he is so key to what Postecoglou wants to do. And just, I, I just think, yeah, it's just that constant running. Is he, what was it? Record sprints he done there in that game? Uh, I think it was. Like I ran a marathon. Thirty-four, 34 k. Uh, I nearly ran a marathon. That year. He he's nailed it's, on for that that left I left side of the way. front three for yeah. me, and I think it's I I think he's nailed on for that. He's not got to play every game there, but for me, he's the best option out there now. Uh, and I think Jota works well on the right. I think it's you can go between him and Abada, mm-hmm. even Forrest, and then you've got Giacomakis and Kyogo through the middle. You can alternate, and obviously Ange likes to change it about and keep it fresh and all that. So Jota can play it in the left and it's, mm-hmm. it's still going to be good. But for me, if you're talking about your first choice out there, it's it's Maeda at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm the same. Like, and I, like I said, just, like, just the press, like he's, it's very deliberate. His press, I think he's really good it's at the ridiculous. press. Uh, I think Alistair comes in there again, Jeezy on their heads, played Ryan probably, Jack like a fiddle. Absolutely, probably not. <laughs> that, that he certainly did. And just to kind of end, end of talking about the, the Derby game and this was a wee concept caught up in my head and I told you to get pens and paper or, or marker oh. and paper. Just a very, a very quick round. We're going to play a game of rate that player, right? Oh, so we'll, we'll just... That explains we'll, 11 bits of paper then. We'll just do yeah. the first 11. We'll go really quick through it. The people who are in the comments, please get involved. I want to see what you all think of the performances. We will start with our number one, Joe Hart. Made a key save from Sakala and also, even though it was offside, the Aaron Ramsey one where he came out and Extended himself. He was absolutely fantastic. What we're going for? Nine. Nine to seven. Nine to seven. Woo. Just simple. I thought he had a tremendous save for Ramsey. Okay, mm-hmm. it was offside. Okay. I thought he'd done an unbelievable save for um, Sakala. A couple of hairy moments in the first five minutes when we were. Uh, struggling and try to play it for the back. Uh, but I think he gets th- that would be an eight, but he gets the extra point for spotting the broken bottle. Obviously the shorts in that obviously I spotted that. He put it there he's oh, so, oh, 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 oh,
Uh, that's madness but I think we covered that very extensively on the, yeah. the podcast with Ross McCall and John and if you just want to catch up on that please do it was on Tuesday but moving on to your creation number one right back Juranovic probably at fault for the first goal but came back into the game done his usual performance up and down the wing where are we at lads? Seven Seven again Seven I'm taking that's because he, can, he was kind of at fault for the first goal Yeah uh, Aye yeah. I mean, I'm, see, to be honest with you, you, you could make an argument from that maybe McGregor could have been more inside, but I think he gets he gets attracted to the boss up, then and gets ah, he gets done ridiculously. It was his fault. Michael <laughs> Michael McDonald ten figure. I think he just loves you, Daniel yeah. Mack six. I think it's the general consensus, sir. There's a lot of sevens by Martin and Jed and Kevin. So we'll move on to a duo: Cameron Carter, Vickers and Starfelt. Brick walls, unbelievable. Actually, what's the double? Oh, so the two of them. Can them, the two them. No, just do the two of them because they're apparent. What are we going so, with? So only need 10 bits of paper then. Game 10 for Unbelievable. Aye. I can't uh, Martin I K. Know that's what that made. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Kings in. 10. 10. Jed Thomas, 9. Yeah, they're both awesome. fantastic. Greg Taylor. I want to know why Jay man... took a point off them. <laughs> Greg... <laughs> Greg Taylor, the man who divides opinion, even more so in this chat as well, in the live comment section. There's a few people saying he's still not good enough, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic in the last two Derby games. What are you thinking? Franny's upside down. Nine. Nine. Yeah, Martin agrees. Kevin agrees. Moving on, quickly to... <clears throat> Moving on quickly to Colin McGregor, the linchpin, the maestro, the man in the mask. Unbelievable. Let's see it. Ten. Yeah. Nine. Oh, nine. You have to come on, Ross. You're being harsh when he scored, aren't you? Uh, I think he could, have, he could have maybe helped Juranovic a wee bit, but it was Juranovic's fault. It was early That's in true. the game, though. Daniel Mack, Cal, Cal Mack 10.5, Paul Jett yeah. 10, Zed 10, Alistair 10. He was absolutely uh, superb at Groove Everyone. It's Paul Diet, by the way, no Paul Jett. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then moving on to Rio Hatate. Probably not one of his greatest games in the Sally Sharp, but still effective. Still played the ball nice and simple. What are we going with? Seven. Six, seven. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd say the same. I'd say the same. Guy likes JD, but, man. He's. Aye, it does. Aye, he looked a bit overawed. Yeah, Kevin agrees. Six, Alistair Jack, seven. Moving on to the Australian magician, Mr. Tom Rodzik and his slippers, smoking the pipe for the first first goal. Took it nice. What are we going with? What? Ten. Ten. Nine. Yeah. So he, he decided what was happening in that game every minute, yeah. Celtic, Rogic, and Postacoglu, the Celtic team dictated. Look at this, look at this, lads, look at this. Full game. Martin, what is Paul, it? Alistair, all, all nines. nines. Daniel. Boys, yeah. boys, it came out of the top, I bet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm then, a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mieda, the pressing machine, the sprinting master. I'm giving all these players new nicknames, it's unbelievable. Better yeah. start calling you Russell Boys. <laughs> Russell oh, boys, I think the boys he bosses on tonight. So anyone who wants to watch, get involved with that too. Nine o'clock, I think. What are we going with? 
Wall Hunter Elsinore. And then finally, <laughs> and then finally, the last two. We'll start with Big Gigi first. What we're going with? Eight. 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 Yeah, 100%. Mark I think Martin's probably. Mark was unbelievable. Aye. Martin's giving me a 10, or that could be me. You can crack me on that one. And then Alistair Jack's 11, probably for me as well. And then finally for Jada, again, probably not the greatest game. I thought you were right, Franny. I think Calvin, Calvin Bassey kind of controlled him well. Mm. Yep. What are we going with? Zeb Zane. Seven. No, Zeb Zane's 17. <laughs> but look, that's that, that's kind of a, a nice way to kind of put that put that game to bed. We're six points clear, and we'll we'll move on after rate that player. Who knows? We we'll make him back for after this Johnson game if it, <laughs> if it comes on. There was plenty of interaction in the chat anyway. They seem to enjoy it, so it's all right. Yeah, but we'll move on. Can I believe another then, thought about something like when you said eleven bits of paper too? <laughs> I thought we were doing a big <laughs> art attack. <laughs> or Pictionary or whatever that is. Neil Buchanan. Oh god. Here, but we'll move on, right? Um we'll come to you first, Ross. As people can see, we're sponsored. We have a new sponsor, RM oh. Decor, Transforming <laughs> Spaces by the man himself, Ross. Tell the guys what you do. Let's go. Give it a big pitch. Well, RM Decor, it's painting decorating. Uh, I do aim statum, coven. Uh, and it's we're, we're, we've not got Manscaped anymore uh, they sent us out some lovely goodies so I've got the party brushes and the rollers and that and the posts for the boys they should be here I'm assured they'll be here by Sunday morning close of play uh, <laughs> yeah close of play <laughs> but uh, aye, I, as I say I, I do all aspects of uh, painting, decorating aim statum, coven wallpaper hanging uh, and Ah, no job too small. And as it says Perfect. on the hang, transforming spaces. Uh, and if you want me, and you you'll need to get a try and get a hold of me six months in advance because I am one busy wee bee. I, I can vouch for him. He's done a good job in some of the rooms in my house. I'll, I'll put I'll put pictures on the socials if they want. <laughs> and there's also you can see his mobile number is on the advertisements, but we'll crack on here. But I'll move on to purely for it does be side like, jobs. Business purposes only. Any <laughs> lady viewers like just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. I see, I see what you see, but um, Jay Thomas Ross, you still got your paint the gear on. That's a cracker. <laughs> I've not got the bib and brace on. Okay, you see, if I didn't know Jay, I'd be seeking out his address. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on. Right, move swiftly on. Good to have you sponsoring us, Ross. Crack and fear Thank, for that. Thanks for having but, me. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I think it's fair to say, Franny, we are expecting some awards come to Celtic Park. And one of the first first ones was the, the League Cup trophy. The one that's more recent is GMAC has got player of the month and it's fairly deserved. He's been an absolute machine. Back to back hat tricks. His work rate's improving. He's closing people down. And the fact that he said again that he referred to in his press conference saying he doesn't understand why people were hurt when he said that uh, Celtic are the best team or will win the league. Mm-hmm. He believed that. That's kind of what, what I'm coming across that as well. I think what he said, although it can come across cocky or arrogant in certain quarters, but he sincerely meant that he believes we're the best team. And there's nothing wrong to say that. The guy deserves it, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's two hat-tricks in one month. It's got to be hard not to give the guy 
uh, play of the month and stuff. But yeah, it touch on the comments. It's I loved it as well, Stephen. Just simply, it's it's not just the media driven normal quote you'll get for the guy. Oh, we're in a good place. We're doing this. Blah blah blah. He's, he said what he thinks, and I don't like what is wrong with backing backing yourself up if what it says. <laughs> By the way, if he says it's rendered uh, at San, I can look at it, but if it's rough, cast no danger, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, nah, big Jack of Marcus, it's like his comments, it clearly riled Brian Jack up that much that he, mm-hmm. he had to reply like this. I thought Ross was reading the manuscript uh, thing again. <laughs> well played. I can accept when I've been done. <laughs> I just and then obviously it's, he absolutely just flies through Jack at the like. I hope that Jack Mack has seen that that we interview for for Ryan Jack because I think if you looked at it, he goes, "I've no, I've rattled him. He's absolutely bracket. Mm-hmm. He does not believe a word of what he's saying." Like Ryan Jack right now, and he's just I've got to show him come Sunday and stuff. Just went straight through him. Then he's he's came out and pretty much said the exact same comment about how he thinks Celtic have got to win the league. He thinks they're the best team, but just saying what's everybody's problem. I'm not allowed to say yep. what I believe. It's I don't get why that should sound so so silly. Like why should it if you're playing, you're sitting six points at the top. Obviously, it was, I think it was only three at the time when I mentioned, but you're you're on the back of like winning twenty odd games at the time or twenty odd. 20 odd games winning in one draw at the time or something. You've got anything, you've, but you're obviously the best team in the league at that that time, so there's nothing wrong with his comments. And you've got to have a wee bit of arrogance and stuff. And the, the fact is, he's backing it up, so you can't really say anything more about the guys. He said what he said, he's talked to talk and walked to walk essentially. So, most the, the guy's just the guy's brilliant, man. I love him. I think as well, Franny, you make a good point. Anyone who has a problem with Yakimakis Ross doesn't need to look at him in that press conference. He is built like a fucking shithouse. Like, he was sitting <laughs> there and he was just like, Ooh, I was like, wow, I that's the way I used to be. Always got the best though. 100%. Ah, but I mean, the guy, as, as Franny said, two hat tricks in a month. He's been an absolute star for us since Kyle was been out. Although he, he was a slow burner at the start, lots of us gone on his case. He's proved the doubters wrong. No one can have a problem with no more. He simply came out again in, in his kind of award acceptance press conference that he always, that you have to do to get these awards saying he believed that comment. He still believes it. Nothing wrong with that, is there? Absolutely nothing wrong with it. At the time, I was a wee bit like, right, you didn't like to see that as professional respect and the rest of it. But I mean, looking at it again a few times, I agree, like, there's nothing wrong with it. You're allowed to be confident. It wasn't arrogance. And let's be fair, Franny's touched on it. It's He's he's backing it up. And since the comment, he scored two hat-tricks in the league, back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> How much more do you want me back it up? And we're, we're still unbeaten. I don't know. I can't remember if it was after, before or after the, the, the game at Parkhead against Rangers when we thrashed them that he made the comment but mm-hmm. if it was before we've beat them twice if it was after we've beat them once on their own patch and we're six points clear we're backing it up and I, I, there's no for me there's no a lot wrong with it and he's came out uh, the day or 
yes, in fact, I think the interview might, might have been yesterday. He's come out in that interview and he's basically reiterated what he'd said, but probably with a bit more. What's the word? Maybe a bit more humility or that, but he's still basically, he's not, I'm not being an apologist. I still stand by what I said and I've backed it up. And then you've got Ange Postacoglu being asked about it in his presser, and he's basically said, um, kind of something along the lines of, like, I don't tell my players what to say, but I'm happy with them to have confidence and stuff like that. And, like, if it's annoyed anybody and they need comments like that to get up against us, then they don't know what we're about, really. So the, the both of them, Ange's never not going to back him. He's mm-hmm. not done anything wrong. And whether Ange, I, I fully believe that Ange does believe that he was fair and right to say it. And again, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to say it at the end of the season. What's that? We've all lost there, right? Ian? Don't worry uh, about that. Aye. <laughs> aye. <laughs> aye. But again, hopefully at the end of the season, he'll be vindicated even more than what he has been in recent weeks off the back of it. And I believe that he probably will be. Yeah, 100%. I think Daniel Mackinson here, that mobber did it. It wasn't that long ago that Pedro said if he managed any team in Scotland, they would be the best at that kind of field. He ended up in the bush, as far as I can remember. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you look at it, and as I said there, it's a sort of kind of we side hands it about GMAC. It says we're expecting a few awards, a few more trophies to come to come to Celtic Park, Ross. And the league title's on the horizon, right? And I know we're going to talk about the potential Champions League kind of windfall from that and things, but I want to touch upon just briefly about this Dermot Desmond interview that was just dropped today, apparently recorded before. I think it was before the, the Rangers game, or it was something it was along them lines. 29th of March, it was I, done. I think. 29th of March, it, it was released kind of conveniently after two great results. What are you thinking behind this? Because he said some interesting things that the sun's going to take over the, the kind of dynasty and people are kind of raising about that, but then he kind of kind of counters two negatives of a positive by kind of confirming the whole Ranger scenario that they're a new club. Bit tongue in cheek, I believe, but not showing that in terms of advertisements and this whole old firm kind of <laughs> crap. But touched upon last season as well, missing loads of points. But what do you think of this? I'm not going to pretend that I'm the, the best guy to speak to about this. I, I watched the interview and I probably, I think I watched it twice. I'm no... <laughs> I'm no a huge on expert on the the board side of things off the park and all the rest of it, but I, I watched it and I thought first at first I was like okay, finally some transparency. Uh, it's a hell of a hell of a lot like too late for the transparency. It should have came last season. He's alluded to in it about kind of not not changing manager halfway through a season or three quarters away through a season but they should have they should have changed for for Neil Lennon's sake for the club's sake that 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 change came a lot sooner than it did uh, so I'm not buying into that but I, I don't I mean I don't know it's it's like it's sort of made out like as if it was part of the plan that Ange came in I, I, I suppose I can believe him to an extent in the sense that he's found out, I think he said he found out at like half twelve or something. Mm-hmm. Aye, I agree with that. I agree with mm-hmm. that. But he, he said he found out at like half twelve that Eddie Howe 
wasn't he going to be coming? And I believe that I, I believe that Ange probably was on the last day five if they did have a last day five. Obviously, all their eggs were in the Eddie Howe basket yep. because it, I believe that they've had Eddie Howe's word that he's going to come and he's backed out for whatever reason. And maybe Ange was second in the list, but it's like, I don't know who put that comment up, but it always rears his Michael head. McDonald. Right, I, I agree with that. Like, he, he does, re, like, he was nowhere to be seen last season when it wasn't going good. And he's reared his head again off the back eight. Like, what what we're doing at the moment, and he thought, this is a good time to come out now and try and appease the fans. And I get it. It, it makes sense for him, personally. And it, for me, it's happened last season. We wanted the yep. 10. We desperately wanted the 10. We probably wanted it too much. But Celtic have got a long, long history. And for me now, okay, the board failed then. But in the 20, however many years that he's been there, there's been more success than failings. And for me, we just put it in the history books. And Ange Postecoglou, Dominic Mackay came in, start of the season, we get all this. He's going to modernise modernize the club and all the rest of it. And then that opportunity gets taken away from him. But I think to an extent, Ange is now making his mark on the club in his own way, and he's sort of modernising it to an extent. And I know Desmond sort of alluded to the fact that the manager, it's his signings and stuff. And I know previously with other managers, it hasn't been their signings all the time, mm-hmm. with Rodgers, with like Shved mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then you look at under Postacoglu and um, McCarthy was brought in. Now, we know that that's... That's not an Ange Postacoglu signing. But for me, I'm starting to believe that he is getting the final say on it. And the reason I say that is, admittedly, McCarthy wasn't a Postacoglu signing. But for me, I think he's went, he's been asked about it and mm-hmm. thought, he's not got to be the guy for me. But any bodies in here now. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. knows the club. He knows, like he knows what Celtic are about, although he's not played for them. But he was a Celtic supporter. Uh, and I think he's went, just bring him in, because we, we need somebody to get us through this six, first six months of the season. Although, and I know he never featured a lot, but his experience as well would help in that dressing room off the park and stuff like that. <laughs> so for me, you can say he wasn't a post-Coglu signing, but, and even like, say, the, the couple of boys, Shaw for Sheffield Wednesday, I think they were already sanctioned. Uh-huh. They were they were coming in, and he, they're in, but they're, they're not there now. They're out on loan. Postacoglu put them in, and he'll, when they come back, he'll probably give them another chance to see. And if they're not up yeah. to the mark, then they'll not play for Celtic. But for me, I think Postacoglu is now getting the final say on the signings. Uh, but well, he has to. He has to. Aye, aye, he has to. He'll, he'll not be oh, here. He's got the board over a barrel, hasn't he? Aye, yeah. and uh, let's be honest, right? He's everybody knows he's got a clear identity how he wants to play. And it's not going to work if the board start telling him who he's got to sign. And I think the board realise that. I think he's got more of a clear identity and how he wants to play than any Celtic manager I can remember in, in my time watching Celtic. And just, I can't say much more. I'm not an no, expert on the interview, but I hope there, was, there was good bits and bad bits in the interview. And 
I think he thought when he was saying that when he asked Postacoglu, that was a bit of a fan thing when he was saying about, uh, look, we didn't want you to come in and just use us as a sort of stepping stone. We want you mm-hmm. to be committed to Celtic. And I think he thought he, it was going to be this amazing line that Postacoglu said I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. Oh. And I just was like, Come on, hello, hello is that the ground? Hey, <laughs> could, could you open up and swallow me, please? It was, uh, it was just violence, I but I'll, I'll give I'll give Franny the floor now because I've said a lot. I, of think, it. I think as well, though, like in in no way am I trying to treat this as the negative. It was just interesting, Francis, to hear from Dermot Desmond because he's kind of a ghost around Celtic Park. He appears when he wants to sometimes, and that kind of saying, "What well, a way to man's heart is through." Food and Michael McDonald takes us to the, the extreme. If Desmond wants to impress, he's just get, get some decent grub in the stadium. Get on that, Desmond, straight away. <laughs> but you look at that that interview, Franny, just briefly again, just like Ross did, kind of summarising it. He, he made some interesting points about like the likes of the transfers and he, he kind of parked back to Gordon, Foster and LNUC talking about that shit. Don't want to talk about that because that, that's two years ago now. You look at this and he... he what Ross said, I firmly believe the positive call he said, look, I have the finger on the pulse. Bar McCarthy and Hart, I would say the majority have been his silence, apart from the two development guys we got in terms mm-hmm. of Shaw and Urigidi. But what was your type of take from that, that interview with Desmond get? Well, I think a couple of guys in the comments are part like I've I've said in the past even that I don't want to hear like I'm probably gonna revert back to type here and go back to Franny that contradicts itself about seven times in the one statement, but Oh, like, oh no way! You definitely don't do that. <laughs> like I normally don't. Like essentially, I don't want to hear from anybody in the board because generally, if we're if we're playing all right, that's when you sort of hear through the board for the time. There's a the first contradiction, really, isn't it? Uh, but like last season, we, last season we hardly heard from them, and that was when you probably should have heard from them. Yeah, and this I season, agree. It, it's easy. Mother for of me, God, know, it's easy for to make that statement. When we're being so successful, and a guy with like season ticket renewals are up, it's yeah, because we're playing well, you expect to see him and things like that. So, it, it's one of the it was it was damned if he did and damned if he didn't really. It was it was in a no one no one situation, Stephen, whether that statement came out or not. There was some interesting stuff in that, but a lot of it was all it, it'll be well thought out. There was nothing, nothing that you sat back and went, Oh my god, there's a bombshell. It was. Just kind of stuff you sort of expected expected to hear and that. So, uh, as, as I say, I, I don't normally want to hear for the board, but it's one of the ones when you tend to hear yeah. from them when we're, we're playing well, Stephen. So it was, and to touch on Postecoglou's signings, I think when you look at like part, the guys that you have touched on, yeah, I think we can all agree they weren't Postecoglou's signing. Hearts obviously featured uh, <coughs> a lot in his deservedly so, but. The other guys, you, I think, when you look at the way Postacoglu wants to play, you can tell they were Postacoglu definitely sanctioned them. It was whether guys like Juranovic and that, he really was looking at them, but he obviously maybe got got shown them and obviously went and done his own scout and was like, oh, this guy can work for yeah. me and things like that. But when I'm saying that uh, he's got the final say, I think he needs the final say because everybody's so on Angie's side. So if the board starts sort of a... Like, I thought, like, just not maybe giving him exactly what he wants. It'll just, I'm not saying there'll be a fan revolt, but it's, I think the board will find that they'll, they'll need to back out. Angie's 
kind of like I said, he's got them over a barrel. Then now it's it's got a, it's almost like Ansi's jumping. The board say how high really right now for me. Yeah, hundred percent. And Brown Warrior came in there before I move on. He said that along the lines of it's it's uplisted, but I'll kind of paraphrase. He said it was no coincidence that when Desmond said he was getting involved in the transfer, to sign Hart and McCarthy, and then a couple of weeks later, McKay's out the building, kind of throwing his toys out the pram. I totally agree. Dermot Desmond, I, I'm not his biggest fan, but what is interesting, I think we can all <laughs> agree here in kind of a general consensus that us three. He's choking. You all right, Ross? You all right? Uh, <laughs> don't know what happened there. But I kind of, in the general consensus, us three on this podcast aren't the, the politi- political ones in terms of the boardroom. Yeah. be interesting to see what Anthony, John, and, and even James P, who done a fantastic article there in the Celtic blog about Dermot Desmond's mm-hmm. interview, say, possibly in our end of season review, which we're all looking forward to. But we'll move on from that very quickly because I know you guys are appearing on a, another podcast quite shortly in Johnny Talks. <laughs> the, the live lock-in show that should be interesting at, at a quarter to ten on Johnny Talks at TV well, TV channel YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the description and things like that. But we'll move on quickly. We know what this league title means, Franny. Champions League money. End of the day, it's the, the biggest price: forty million pounds. Possible entry into automatic into the Champions League. No qualifying round, so there's a big character. And we've heard recently that Benfica are going to offer Jada a wage increase to kind of entice him to stay. So this brings me on the a rather nice at this point. If this Champions League windfall comes in, all being well, win the league. Where would you improve? Who would you prioritise? Jada, Cameron Carter, Vickers, or even something that we haven't thought of? I'd, I'd prioritise getting both of them in the door. And without starting the debate, if it's one or the other, if it's one or the other right now, because of, of Maeda and because of how hard it is to get <coughs> a, a centre half, I'm. I think you have to go for Carter Brickers. I think mm-hmm. it's time shown that uh, for me there's no debate. I, if it's one or the other, there's no debate for me right now. As good as Jota is, I think it's Carter Brickers. But yeah, I think you've got to try. It's goes without saying, try and get there to um, uh, a left back. I'm trying to whisper that after how big up, how much I've been bigger up Taylor. But, but, I would, but, I just but I suppose you could argue that for any position because you could improve in every position at the end of the day. But I would go for a left back, potentially a centre half, but but more on on topic Carlevacus, depending on what happens with Julian. <clears throat> maybe maybe a keeper. I would try and maybe move on Scott Bain, and obviously Barcastle. I would imagine you would move on, and it's probably too early for the the young English boy to expect him to be number two. But yeah, try and just get him in the the first team more. Where you can get him more involved, maybe playing some some league cup games and things like that. But uh, so maybe maybe a goalkeeper, another number two. But it's hard to obviously get a number two, and that's why Scott Bain kind of works, I suppose, because he seems happy in that position. Uh, a left back, a centre half, depending on what happens with Julian, and maybe do you need another midfielder? I don't. I actually don't think you do. But do you think we are shite? No, it's just it's one of the ones you just you start just trying to start looking for everything. Like like the Derby games, you just start looking for everything where I find difficult. It's like you just you want the world at the end of the it's day. It's like someone's yeah. handed someone's handed you the Argos book and right, have I'm, that, I'm have just, this, have that, yeah. have that. I'm just I'm just playing champ man right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I mean, I have to say as well in the comments, I'm loving the debate everyone's having with each other about the shower holding and things like that. It's great to see. Keep it up. I love all the comments when you talk to each other. As I said before, it's like a, like a community. And they've come to you, Ross. 
if we get CL, I don't see it Champions League money. I don't see it being a problem keeping both no. Yada and Cameron Carter figures. But I think the major thing from all these Benfica fan forums and the if you believe them, I mean, it's all hearsay, but we have to go off hearsay sometimes saying that reportedly Benfica are going to give him a wage increase. That's his boyhood club. You can see the attraction. Mm-hmm. We get this Champions League money. I'm in much in agreement with Franny. I would prioritise Cameron Carter figures and then possibly try and find a like for like for Yada if it, if it comes to that. Aye. Um, I mean, if we get the Champions League money, it's fair to say that the money's there to get there to. But the, the money isn't the issue. It's the, the players, mm-hmm. whether yeah. they want to come. Celtic want them. That's evident. It, why would they not? They're two of the mainstays and big players within the squad. But it's going to come down to the players. And for me, I agree with Franny, I agree with yourself. I think everybody at this point now knows or feels that Probably Carter Vickers is more important. <laughs> what, what was that? He's a jugger. He's a wee jugger. That's probably <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think everybody, probably, I would say 99% of the Celtic support now feel that Carter Vickers is more important, purely for the reasons that Franny's already outlined. Uh, if we can get both, it's amazing. But at the minute, I think, it's probably looking like it'll be harder to get Jota just purely because of the noises that are coming out of Benfica. But, yeah. listen, time will tell. We'll deal with it in the summer. There's no way that Ange Celtic will be talking to their players about their futures right this minute in time because there's far too much at stake. Yeah, 100%. And also, Kenny, you're 100% right here. Give us a thumbs up on the podcast. Like and subscribe. We're well and truly on our way to 1,000 subscribers and we're absolutely loving the support from everyone money, who, watches, <laughs> who watches this week in, week out. It's fantastic. And we'll, we'll move on swiftly to the St. Johnson game. Come to yourself, Franny, first. I mean, Colin Davidson is still the manager there. I mean, he's been under pressure. They've been a bit indifferent. Still got some key players. Cup, cup doubles, winners last season. <clears throat> what are we thinking? I, I just think the confidence of Celtic at the moment is too big, too high. It could be an absolute thump, in my opinion. It could be, obviously, fingers crossed, because it's that old cliche thing that last week means nothing if you, if you drop points this weekend. So, but, but the way we're playing, I just I can't say anything but a comfortable win. Being at home, like you say, St. Johnston, I think they're in a great place right now. And then just to... Sometimes, obviously, after big results, it can be a wee bit flat, but just it's post-call that just <coughs> seems to have it in them to just keep it fresh enough that... We just keep going that I think every player just looks focused, they can see the finish line. For for me anyway, in my opinion, I, I think last week won the league for us, but mm-hmm. it's just one of them. It's another big performance. The the first game after it, another big performance and it'll just kinda of cement that for me. So I just I yeah. can't uh-huh. say anything but a positive results team. And I get what you told I get what you said. I mean on the last podcast I was on, I said if we win this this game against Roger, we win the league. But you do have to kind of, Ross, keep a lid on it, don't you? And not get too ahead of yourself because mm-hmm. there is twists and turns and people can sell they could drop form, they could hit form. It's it's all, I mean, it's all, it's all conjecture, as you would say, Ross. But <laughs> come, come <laughs> to yourself about um, so this is Johnson's game. I think Franny's spot on. When you see like uh, Murray Davison still being their best player at 52, do you know what I mean? And, and Sh- Sean Rooney and all doesn't really get a game now. It's, 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 just, it's just a weird scenario going on there. But what are you thinking about the game? Um, well, I, I think the last number of weeks, St. Johnson have picked up their form a wee bit, um, but they're coming to Parkhead and there's no 
team in better form than Celtic right now. There's there's no team better to quote Giacomacus. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, aye, I'm super confident going into that game, and even more confident going into the the remaining games off the back of that performance at Ibrox. I just think the guys will be totally buoyed off of that. They'll be buzzing. According to Ange and his press of the day, they're all training well. The team's the healthiest it's been all season, barring James Forrest. Eh, Kyogo's back. That'll be buoy them an all. <laughs> 52 isn't old, Stephen. How's it old, Jeff? But I fancy it strongly. I, I, I think, as Franny says, we can see the finish line in sight now. And I just, uh, we don't fucking stop. <laughs> and then ground us back in hi Stevie hope we keep up the form to, for tomorrow I'll be down to watch the game if you ground looking forward to it be a fantastic game but see as well like just to kind of go to go to Jed here I didn't say 52 years old I said 52 years old <laughs> it's, it's old for a footballer yes, <laughs> very old but come to yourself come to yourself uh, quickly quickly Ross score uh-huh. line up prediction fire for it uh, score 4-0 line up prediction uh, Hart Ralston uh, Carter Vickers um, you, uh, fucking hell Starfelt uh, <laughs> think you might see skills coming in there possibly uh, what's the script with Ranvich he, he's fit um, he's fit of course aye and Taylor's, Taylor's fit, I think. We don't know. Yeah. I've not heard otherwise. I think you'll probably He's see Juranovic on the left, Ralston mm. in the uh, right. Midfield, I think, will be probably Beaton, McGregor, and got to stick my neck in the line, say Turnbull will come in. Thought he'd done well when he came on. Uh, helped us see out the game. That's what I mean. Rogic, O'Reilly, now mm. Turnbull. It's like and you're going, you're players, going 4-0. Players everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're going 4 0. 4 0. I've not even done my front three yet, settled in. Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, front three, I think I'll, I think Jake Marcus will start. Maeda on the left. And I think a bad will come in on the right. Hundred percent. And Danny Boy says, Is this the quiz? No quiz tonight. And Danny, <laughs> the guys the guys are they're in demand. They're on the Johnny um, talks lock in show pretty probably quarter ten here, so we need to get cracking on. Three <laughs> 0 Kevin says we'll move on. But coming to yourself, Franny, score nine up prediction. What we going with? Um, I'm with Kevin. I'm going to three 0 My my team's bang on like Rossi's as apart from one player. I think obviously, yeah, just simply I'm same back four just because I'm not sure where Taylor is with the injury and then O'Reilly's same with it with his injury. So I'm I'm also thinking Rossi's midfield. Day, Tom McGregor and just Hattie him arrest and tumble. But the only difference I would have is I think he might rest up uh, Maeda and keep Yacht on the left there with Abad on the right and Jack and Marcus through the middle. So that'd be the only change I'm making is Yacht on the left <coughs> instead yeah. of Maeda. I'll go Hart, Uranovid, Starfelt, Carter Vickers, switch them around obviously. Taylor, I'll go Beaton to start. I'll go Calmac, I'll go O'Reilly if he's fit. And then I'll go Yada on the, the right-hand side. No, sorry, Abada on the right-hand side. Jada mm-hmm. on the left and Kyogre from the middle. And I'll go 3-0. Give him, give him start. start. I'm starting him. Because he said in his Twitter post, 
He's ready. He's ready. Uh, I'm ready. He, he did, I'm he ready. Did, to be fair, mm-hmm. you are ready. Let's do it. <laughs> and that brings us to the end, the end of the podcast here. Um, but by the way, thanks. can I just sorry, Stephen? Can yeah. I just say uh, before we finish? Did you see um, Eddie Howe was quoted saying oh, that he uh, thinks yeah. Ange Postecoglou has done an unbelievable job? I read it earlier, yes. and I, I was like, I just went full Will Smith, and I was like. Get my manager's name out <laughs> your fucking mouth. <laughs> I think it, in terms of yeah. ending the show, in terms of ending the show, I think that's a fantastic way. I mean, he did say a slight transition, which again is absolute bollocks because it was a major mm-hmm. transition for Hans Postecoglou to, to manage the street. At least he didn't push out of it. Eddie who? Eddie why? Eddie when? But whenever. We'll <laughs> but to Ross, to Ross and Fanny, thanks for coming back on. You guys are appearing on the Juddy Talks Lock In Live Show at quarter to ten. Tune into that, guys. And until we speak again, thanks for the comments, interaction. Stay well and keep safe. He'll help. <laughs>